Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 126. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by our personal podcast shaman, Thomas Smiley. And we're here to talk about legacy. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm a shaman. I uh, I had to close my stream last night. I, I didn't tell you the story. I saved it for the cast. But uh, it's my wife's book club night. Um, <sighs> Tuesday night so, or Wednesday night? Well, Tuesday night, but it's like only okay. once a month or so. So, uh, so Tuesday night, it's also my raid night and we're like doing like a pretty important speed clear and we put my kid to bed and, uh, James usual bedtime is like seven thirty. It's, uh, it's nine o'clock and he's still not in bed. So nine thirty comes around, he gets out of bed, comes into my office and I'm in the middle of like doing a speed run where I, I like, I can't really get up. So I just have him sort of hang out in my, um, uh, in my office so he's behind yeah. me, he's on stream, he's like hanging on my arm and everything. <laughs> uh, I, I go to try to take a potion in my bags and he like bumps into me and I die. So oh. I'm like trying not to be frustrated. Uh, but then we keep on going and like the Twitch stream has like quite a few people in it and everything is going really well. Until I hear him behind me go, I'm sorry, Dada. And I smell <laughs> something. Oh smell no. Something. And I look... <laughs> And I look, and he's uh, squatting on the ground on the carpet in my office with a blowout. And I'm in the middle of a boss fight trying to think about what to do. Like, he's like, there's there's poop on the carpet. The stream is on, and they're here again. And, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get out of this situation. Because, like, once you, once you start a speed run, you can't be like, hey, guys, I need five minutes. So he's laying, he's laying there and I'm like, oh my God, like what, what do I do? I was like, James, we need your mama. So he starts going, mama, mama. And then she starts getting super pissed because she's like, it's my one night every two months. What's going? And then she sees the poop and she's like, oh God, oh God, why is he not in bed? What did you do? And I was like, it's not my fault. He just came in here. So we got, we got like a poopy carpet rolled up like a burrito uh, out in the trash because I tried to clean it and it really just rubbed like the uh, it was oh, it was just so gross um, and uh, and that that was my night uh, wow, I only streamed for like a half an hour and uh, it would have been it would have been great but um but we had to cut it short because of that so please tell me that moment is immortalized on Twitch okay so listen. I, I hit the stop streaming button when I saw what happened because I didn't want that on, on stream. Oh, okay. But I thought I kept the, the actual like local com- local recording going on. Um, but it turns out when I closed my stream, uh, it, it closed the, the hard copy of the recording that I upload to YouTube. So you can hear him say, sorry, Dada, and then start calling for his mom. But you can't hear... Uh, you can't hear like me going, like trying to clean up the carpet and my wife yelling at me <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't think I would have wanted something like that on the internet anyway. Wow. Yep. Dude, so that was that's... my, that was my Tuesday night. That's what happened to me. Um, I, uh, yep. I had that, had that on stream. Wow, dude. Yeah. That, it, it, was, uh, it was intense. I thought you were going to say like, you know, your, your, uh, toilet backed up or something related to like the tree in the yard or whatever oh okay so that's fixed but you want to know something that's really gross all right <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you this it's a lot of shit for one episode bro we're, okay, we're already no, like there's more there's more okay so here's the deal i'm trying to i'm trying to find something to clean up the um uh the the poop with on the carpet and the closest thing is uh is baby wipes right yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to I'm trying to wipe it up with the baby wipes and like I get like a good amount of it, but the rest of it is just getting like smeared into the carpet. Like I'm trying yeah. like some some bathroom cleaning spray, trying to get it trying to get it set, but it's just like not working. So I instinctively throw the baby wipes in the toilet. And you're not supposed to do that, especially if you have like any sort of plumbing problems. Correct. So my wife made me go like dig it out and make no. sure that I didn't flush it and I had to like bring it downstairs in a bag with like my hand was like kind of wet and I washed my hand Dude. like four times and like everybody here who's listening with kids will like will understand what's going on but like that's still like a gross oh. really gross thing to happen it was it was so cute like this dream was so cute 
until that happened because for part of it he was like sitting with me and he was playing behind me he's rolling my D D dice and it was uh it was an interesting night dude i remember doing that i i would roll D D dice for hours when i was a kid like yep. really young so i have like a like a really nice brass set of metal die and he likes to play with them and he likes to lose them so I'm I'm paranoid that I'm gonna step on a D four and just like completely wreck my feet, or find one in his shit, right? Oh, I mean that would be that would be even worse to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, dude. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty heavy. When my dog was sick at the end there, like there was like a four day period between when my dog got the diagnosis and we put her down, mm-hmm. and she was like uh, kind of incontinent until the medicine kicked in. Yeah. So uh, she shit on the floor, like, you know, like two or three times. Like, not like, uh, you know, not like really shit. I just, you know, lost control of her bowels or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I just straight took a, a knife and just cut that section of carpet, however big it was or whatever shape it was, mm-hmm. just cut that section of carpet out. So when we went to move, instead of like a, you know, eight by ten carpet or whatever we had yep. in the... Uh, in the guest room, it was like a four by two carpet. Yep, I got you. We, um, I think I had a four by six, like really cheap Amazon one that I put oh, in yeah, the middle yeah. of the room just to like. It was, yeah. I I feel bad saying I just threw it out because it was a cheap carpet, but that's what I did. True. Well, that's that's good. Yeah, that could be a lot worse. Yep. But yeah, bro. Okay, so is your now wife to the actual the actual cast notes? Well, so yeah, your wife's book club. Before we we jump into this, your wife's book club is, uh, I imagine. I was picturing that like she had all these people over, but you're probably talking about like a Zoom book club, aren't you? Oh yeah, she she was in the next room on Zoom. We didn't actually have people over the house. That would be irresponsible. Uh yeah, and it would have been an even bigger disaster than it already was. But well, I guess we would have uh, had like people people to help. I guess they would have understood. Bro, can you honestly though? I, I, Alyssa's really chill, obviously, and mm-hmm. I imagine she probably has some chill friends, but I can't imagine, like, a group of five or six, you know, grown adult women being, like, <laughs> uh, okay with having to clean up the shit while you finish your speed run in Warcraft and not, okay, like, not severely judging her. It would have been, they would have understood why she had to go upstairs or whatever it was. Like, right, right. That's no, you were like, they're, they're going to help clean up or something. That's what you no, said. No, did I say that? Yeah. No, oh, no, that wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah, but, that seems incredibly unlikely to me that yeah. they would be such saints. No, but that, that definitely wouldn't happen. So understanding but, uh, of the yeah. gamer lifestyle you live. <laughs> oh, it sucks so bad. Like, I had just gotten a, another sub, too. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Oh, man. But, but that happened. So on to uh, on to worse things. So as soon as I saw the shaman comment, I didn't know if you wanted to like talk about what you probably wanted to talk about. You uh, eating all organic? Are you you making sure that you're taking care of yourself? Dude, I've been thinking about that a lot today. Actually, while I actually while I was in the Wendy's drive-through, I was thinking about that just half an hour ago. In the Wendy's drive-through, I was in, in the Wendy's, Wendy's drive-through listening to a podcast talking about serum testosterone levels in adult twenty-year-old adult men in the past ten years, and uh, how it's it's gone down about four percent a year, basically. Yeah, well, that's and, why you got to sign up for Peak and do the finger prick blood test and uh, get get a bottle of testosterone sent directly to your house. Wait, is that a real thing? Yeah, so like you can you can take a testosterone test via finger prick through the mail now and get prescribed a bottle of testosterone bro i did not know that yeah i'll let you know how it goes so you're doing it oh yeah i signed up for it i was like no maybe shit. it'll make me lose weight maybe it'll just make me like oh it definitely like a, will like a raging monster i don't know you never you never taken testosterone before no i i was a i was a good athlete i did things the right way <laughs> I uh, I did a cycle of Andro at one point. Do we really want to talk about this? What? Okay, yeah, we're talking about it. We're talking about it. Oh, I don't care, bro. That's like the least embarrassing thing I did <laughs> that year, probably. It was uh, I was not competing. This was actually the first year. This might be a, 
not a coincidence, I guess. The first year I wasn't doing organized sports because my freshman year of college, I still played lacrosse. And I was actually on the squash team, as weird as that is. But There's a squash team? I don't think I've ever played squash before. It's like racquetball with a tiny little black ball that you have to warm up first. That, okay. Uh, basically, what happened was my roommate, you know, you get assigned like roommates at random freshman year. He, yeah, yeah. he had a, a squash scholarship and there were eight. Uh, there were four tennis players who got scholarships and four squash players. So all the squat, the tennis players, as a condition, had to play on the squash team. So there was eight scholarship athletes, and the team was nine people total. Cool. And yeah, and one of the kids who, uh, it was sort of like you remember that uh, scandal with the celebrities getting into college or whatever. Yeah, where they would like get recruited. Uh, yes. To to like a to like a team like that. To be able yeah. to get into the school, I, I I remember that story. So in like September and October, I would go to the gym, and sometimes my roommate would come and want to play squash, and and I sort of learned to play squash from him uh, during the fall. And then when winter started, he was like, "Dude, this one kid who's like a scholarship squash athlete, yep, is horrible. He's like, you are way better than him because like we played, you know, every day for a little, yeah, you know, we we played at least ten times, I'd say, and." Uh, He's like, just come to practice and you'll get a spot on the team. So I, I did. And I ended up getting like a $3,000 scholarship for that. That's really cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you can you can say you are officially a college athlete. Yeah, for that one, that one yeah. Uh, no, but, but you don't have to say for that one season. You're yeah. just, you are. Once you are, you're one for life. <laughs> so then, yeah, I transferred and there was no squash team or lacrosse team at BC for that matter. Where did so, you transfer from? Fordham. Oh, cool. Yeah. So at BC, I immediately jumped on Andro and just went to the gym all the time. <laughs> but, bro, it was fucking intense. Like, you you think of it as being, like, something minor. And I'm not sh- sure, like, how much testosterone that converts to or how much you're going to get in the mail or whatever. But, like, I I went from... Like, you know, this studious kid who liked to party or whatever to like out all night, every Tuesday night, skip class to go to the gym or skip class to eat my second or third lunch. Like my my bench went immediately from like 185 to 235. Like I'm I'm already on board with the lunch plan. I've been uh, I've been, I've been doing that forever. Like I, I had I had my classes. I remember I had my classes arranged like four like my Tuesdays and Thursdays had four classes in them. Yep. And I would almost never make more than two of them. Like I would never go to back-to-back classes. Like I your your whole priority like your your time preference just gets so low and yep. you just want to like you just want to have fun, fight. I got in so many fights like, you know, put, you know, not like I I killed somebody or something, nothing like that. I like, you know, pushing at the bar, yelling and pushing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I I did a lot of a lot of things but yeah that was uh that was my cycle <laughs> okay yeah, yeah i think it's um it's a little bit more controlled we'll yeah. uh we'll see how it goes i um i yeah i can't remember what happened but i saw an advertisement for it on facebook and i was like you know what let me just see what happens and the uh to- yeah the time i looked into it i was like 32 or 33 i think mm-hmm and it said you had to be, I want to say 35, but maybe I'm just saying that because I am 35. I think, like, you had to be this certain age before they would they could legally even give it to you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that age is? Uh, I don't. I, I just, I, obviously, I hit that age, um, but I'm right. not sure what, like, the minimum age they'll do that for. I think It's definitely um, in the 30s. It, it's, I think it's 35, but I'm not sure. Okay. So yeah, let me know how it goes, bro. I absolutely will. So yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, crazy the stuff that that they prescribe people now. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. So yeah, bro, how's teaching going? Teaching's going good. It's halfway through the year. Like, man, it's really rough. We're starting to lose people who are just like kind of done. Um, Seniors or, or just people in general? Just seniors, sophomores, freshmen, juniors, like oh, everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's just like they've hit the point of the year where if they haven't done their work first and second quarter, 
it's um it's like really hard for them to be able to uh like pass for the year so we have a few people in that boat that are kind of like uh just not not engaged and some people will join zoom calls and um and then just never never participate like they'll be on the call with their camera off and you like can't talk to them or get them to do anything mm-hmm. um so so that's that's kind of the spot that we're in ah shit yep yeah when i was home for christmas my stepmom is a spanish teacher yep and we were staying in the guest room and it was her teaching room or whatever mm-hmm and when I realized that, it was, I was, like, so deflated. Like, it was so sad, like, seeing, you know, it was, like, a, you know, little folding chair, folding table. Yeah. With, like, Apple on the desk and stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, man, like, she's she's down here all day, you know, doing yep. this thing. And, I mean, I'm doing the same thing, but, like, I don't feel bad for myself or, like, step out of myself to see what a sad state of affairs I am, you know? Yeah, I got, I mean, I sort of got the same deal going on, only I, like, I kind of have a nice office uh, but yeah. it's where it's basically where I am all day. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was really weird. It was like, a, you know, because you're like, what, what? What did they do with the furniture? And then you realize what's going on, and it's sort of like uh, this weird glimpse into people's lives, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I've, I've been thinking honestly, bro. I've been thinking about teaching lately, like, uh, and I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not like committed to this plan or something, but like. With my job right now, mm-hmm. I think we talked about it in the last episode where I was just starting this job. It's been like incredibly demanding from like a time perspective, mm-hmm. and I'm making like a good amount more money than my last job, and it's already like more money than I need, right? Yeah. So like, I I'm not doing anything with the money. It's just like sitting there, you know. So like what am I doing? You know, like what, what am I doing with my life? Right. And I feel like, uh, I feel like I could be a teacher, right? Well, what would you want to teach? Kids. No, I, I, (laughs) okay. I meant like, you want to be an elementary school teacher? Oh no, 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 no. God, no. Okay. Like high school, like what subject you can't just like, I want to teach. You gotta, you gotta have like a, like a subject. Uh, I guess it, it would be, you know, the, the men's subjects, either either history or math, right? Okay. Well, I mean, like, I wouldn't say that those are necessarily the men's subjects, but... Uh, the ones but where you have male teachers, okay. I should say. I, th- I, think, I think there are a lot of male teachers in the other... In the, in the Science. other departments, too, uh, even, even at the high school level. Like, uh, a lot of the time, elementary is kind of, like, female... I don't want to say female-dominated, but it's more it's a majority female or at the yeah. high school level it's definitely more close to even um mm-hmm. but i think getting history jobs now is is really kind of tough for I english bet, yeah. and history teachers the stacks of resumes that come in for open um for open jobs like it's like 100 applicants per job where math and science you're definitely not getting as many qualified applications interesting yeah what's like the schooling i know it's different state by state like, I, I know the Connecticut standards because my friends became teachers in Connecticut, a lot of them. Uh-huh. Like, I know Massachusetts is particularly difficult, right? Well, no, it's not difficult. So you can start with a regular bachelor's um, and passing the certification test, which is, like, it's not hard. Um, mm-hmm. It's a subject test and then, like, a literacy and communications, which is, like, if if you graduate from college, you should be able to pass the test. Um, and then you, you have, like, different levels of certification, and by the time you clear the beginning levels of um, of your teaching career, you need to have a master's degree. So, um, like, I'm at that that end point where I have my master's. I've done all of like the required PD, and um, you have to you have to keep up with a certain number of classes every five years to re to recertify. Um, so, I'm not sure what it's like in other states. I think other states like you have your bachelor's, you pass a test, you're good, yeah. um, or you just like you get a bachelor's and you're fine. But Massachusetts is like, there's a lot of stuff to keep up with. Yeah. The getting a master's part I knew was, was different about Massachusetts, but that's, uh, yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. Honestly, it's not like it has to be a bachelor's of something specific or does it? No, it doesn't. The master's doesn't have to be anything specific either. Um, Whoa, really? 
Yeah, so I got my master's in math because, like, that's just what I wanted to do. But yeah. if I had a master's in computer science, I could still use it toward my math certification. I think I would just need to take, I think it's three classes in the subject area that you teach. So you don't need your master's degree to be in that. But you need to have um, a certain number of classes in your area for it to count. That's sick, actually. I I can't believe that. I just yep. assumed that you were getting like a master's of education or something where you took math classes. No, no, no. I straight up have an MS in math. That's sick. Yeah. I um. So like, obviously, I'm not going to dump on anybody with a degree in education. But I um. I took a few classes in the education department when I thought that I was going to get like the uh, the education and math masters, and I just like wasn't. I wasn't super into the challenge of the education classes i uh, i thought it was kind of like a little bit flaky and yeah. um i i wanted to just have like a like a real masters of science degree yeah um and i don't want to call master masters in arts not like a real degree um but I, but i wanted an msmf yeah no i definitely understand that oh that's that's super interesting man yeah brought to you, you have... brought to you by covid and online classes it was Pretty crazy toward the end. Oh, going to the classes online at the end there? Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, that part would suck. I, I imagine that that would not be the scenario that I would be in should I choose to go down that path. But it's mm-hmm. it's something I've been, like, tossing around in my head. Like, like uh, you know, some people, like, they dream about winning the lotto. Like, they buy a lotto ticket. Not mm-hmm. necessarily to win the lotto, but just to, like, have that dream in the shower or whatever. Okay. Like, yeah, I have that. I, I have that teacher. dream. I have that dream in the shower, but I never buy lottery tickets, so I know it's never going to happen because <laughs> I never play the game. But I'm like, wow, that'd be nice. That'd yeah. Be nice. But um, I love teaching. It's definitely not for everybody. Um, and before you like make that commitment, you should see if you can like get yourself into a classroom to see what it's like. Uh, because it is like, and I think this is it's like this in a lot of places where there's a lot more BS that you have to deal with other than just teaching now. And I don't know what it used to be like, but um, there's a lot more paperwork and just stuff that you would like do in a regular job that you think is just kind of like, uh, like drudge work that you really, you really don't get a lot of satisfaction out of, to be honest. But working, oh, uh, working with kids all the time is great. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look into that some more, talk to you about it, but yeah speaking of winning the lotto though bro did you see the uh the moto god accounts i did not talk to me about it <laughs> dude i w- i was really hoping that you said you saw them because i don't know the full story on this and we might have to take like a 30 second uh investigative research pause because we're gonna have to google something we'll pause we'll pause and we'll come back when we google. yeah i don't actually know the details around this so we're going to look really dumb if we start talking about it and not now. It's basically going to be like every other episode, actually. But the, you know, we've talked about the God accounts, right? Like the uh, the concept of a Moto God account. How much would you pay for a Moto God account? What would happen to the economy? What would happen to the, uh, you know, the card hoarders and uh, man yeah. traders of the world? Yep. Should they switch to a got account model and apparently they're doing like a trial trial phase trial run of it uh shortly with, i haven't found the with what's the cost uh i have not found it yet so saffron tweeted basically um i deleted twitter off my phone so i gotta yeah that's why there. that's why we couldn't record on monday my phone bricked and I had to reinstall everything, and I didn't reinstall Messenger, so I turned on my computer at like ten o'clock, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like <laughs> that—that's rough. Yeah, I'd already been long asleep at that point. It was—it was a blessing that you couldn't record on. Uh... On Monday, that's good. I feel yeah. that makes me feel less bad. Dude, I was like, I—I I had a call that started at like eight thirty in the morning, yep. and I finished presenting at seven p.m. I've had to, dude. I've had to present like four of the last six days for multiple hours and be recorded so that people, other people can watch it. But there's generally yep. like 30 people 
watching and asking questions and stuff. It's been like a super frazzle, like frazzling, I guess. Yep. Well, that's that's teaching. <laughs> that's like exactly what we're doing every day. Yeah. It, if it was I, teaching digitally, I would have no desire to do it. Yep. It's the, the in-person aspect of it, I guess. Like yep. if I was doing what I just talked about in person, I wouldn't mind it. But doing it online just sucks. Yep. No, I I, I absolutely feel that. So it's twenty five dollars for two weeks. It's basically the same thing that happened with the um, Eternal Weekend, right? Okay. Uh, it is. This is what the 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 Watsy thing says. Don't have the cards for your favorite format in your collection and want to try something new? Starting tomorrow, Mythic Event Tokens will be available in the Moto store for $25. Purchasing a single Mythic Event Token provides access to almost every card in Magic Online except Secret Lair, MTGO exclusives, and a few others. Unless you test out new strategies in open play, Solitaire, and Commander. Try new ideas to win prizes in leagues. Take on MTGO's best formats. Enter a Super Qualifier. Uh... The Mythic token goes on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific for $25. Is it like a limited quantity or anything? No, it does not say that. All right. And then the, the biggest tweet under that is, l- let me read it and you can guess who it is. It should be $19.99 per month and an evergreen option. $19.99 a month and MTGO is a subscription service where you have every card on it to play with. Boom. Done. I don't know who that would be. That is Tolarian Community College. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, that would be nice. But I think that they can do the exact same thing for uh, every two weeks and get double the money. And yeah. that is twice as good for them. And, bro, the, the top reply to TCC, this is actually a white pill. The top reply is... Our guest, the one and only Alex McKinley, Vivaris, I think the problem with that is that while I would love it, it breaks the whole prize structure of Modo. Heavens open up, fucking sun pours down, ah, fucking nails it. Obviously, he's listening to our podcast. Treasure chests would become worthless as prizes because you don't need the cards. I think it's a bit more complicated than it first appears. Yep. No, that's absolutely fucking right. harpoon gun. He just killed a fucking goldfish with a harpoon gun right there. So Beautiful I mean, tool. we are we already had this conversation about what they would have to do. They would have to have more tournaments with prizes that give invitations, special yes. uh, special art, like whatever it is. Um, they they need to be able to restructure the prizes for sure. But I th- I think with how Watsi is handling like. The, uh, their digital tournaments for the pro tour and all of that throwing out extra invitations for this online for these online tournament series there's like no extra overhead for them it right. it, it, it doesn't like it, they're not affected by that anymore so if they needed to restructure the prizes then they, they just they have tournaments for more invitations for qualifiers uh they they expand some invitationals and then and then all that works itself out yeah, and they, they can do something. I, I just don't want anyone to think that this is like a trivial amount of, of work they would have to do. It, it would it would be a decent amount of calculus, I think, that they would have to figure out because like drafts specifically, like so much of the value of drafts is tied up in that the, the cards have value in and of themselves. Like there's, there's the wacky formats like the Vintage Cube or whatever, and they rake – somewhere between $2 and $2.50 depending on the the particulars but that's generally what they rake by unless you go out. infinite I've been able to draft cube for the last 4 years yeah but oh, if you think dude, about I drafted I drafted in 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 person on Sunday oh yeah wait cube or the no commander well thing? okay so we did we drafted a whole box of commander legends and played that uh I decked myself cuz I got a little too crazy with yep. my commander and um uh had an awesome time and they stayed late they were like listen why don't you just stay in cube and it was already 11 o'clock on a sunday night uh, and i had to drive home from worcester so um so i didn't but yeah it was fun okay so you liked commander legends overall no it was i mean we played four player games i didn't really like it it was the same sort of (laughs) 
there, there was less like politics. We didn't like vote or anything, but um, uh, I didn't. I don't like playing multiplayer games like that. It just doesn't. Me neither. Yeah, I still had fun hanging out with everybody, but it wasn't my preferred, my preferred draft format. There are ways to play multiplayer games that are fun, like in old school particularly, because there's no like combo decks. You can play, uh, or they're they're not at the same level. You can play like uh, Emperor. You ever heard of Emperor? Mm. Yeah, that's where you get like a card. Or no, is that where you have like one person in the middle and two people on the side, and you yes. play like a three on three? Basically, or, yeah. Uh, okay, yes. Then I, then I know that. Yeah. They have to attack through channels, so like you can attack to the left or right. So your people on your left and your right are like your your knights or whatever, mm-hmm. and yep. your first line of defense. So like. It, there's there's like ways you can play magic multiplayer that are in my opinion fun because they are balanced and are still magic you know yeah yeah but yep. a multiplayer format where it's a, like a free-for-all like that is just uh, i find it distasteful but anyway that's uh that's the long and short of it i guess so thank you alex for defending our honor while we're not on twitter and i'm on twitter i definitely think that for what it's worth that watsy will end up keeping this around and maybe not in this exact form but we we are moving to a subscription service right i mean i i would i would guess so for sure imagine if they gave out the god accounts as prizes yeah i mean that's also a snake eating its tail though right (laughs) i guess i guess but like, like what it yeah all right anyway you're, you're basically paying people out of card hoarders money now <laughs> i mean it's not their money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead of people's own money distributed over i wonder that's what, what that's going to do to like the rental market if they just do it as a trial whether or not card yeah. prices are already going to start to like come down i don't know well this saffron analysis right here Mm-hmm. It's like napkin math, but he's saying that basically the, it's not napkin math. It's actually just math. It's $450, $415, I guess, a year for this uh, current whatever level he's at of card hoarder, Yep. His, lo- his loan account. So he's basically paying $25 every two weeks, $50 a month or $415 a year. So it's sort of in the same ballpark. Like the card order subscription is still a more affordable provided that you're going to use it all 12 months. Right. Or even at least eight months out of 12. Okay. But you know, how long until a, the cards lose value and the card order, uh, subscription price goes down or the, the, uh, price goes up for the MTGO event token or goes down. Who knows? We'll see. I got, I got you. Anyway, yeah, that was a pretty big deal. This week in Legacy, not the article, but this week in actual Legacy, we have the showcase. So if you uh, want to play, can play in the showcase challenge, you can potentially get one of these tokens and play whatever deck you'd like, unless you're Tom Cairns and just own every card on Moto. Do you, um, do you get to play Rick? No, not you don't get to play Rick. Okay, you have to no, buy Rick. your own Rick. No, I'm, I'm just wondering if the God accounts actually have the Walking Dead cards now. They don't, no. Oh, that sucks. It specifically says that in the in the ad, no Rick. But I'm not joking either. It says no no secret layer cards. So Caldheim, the, the big news, I guess, in Magic right now is that Caldheim is coming out sometime soon. Yeah, it's snowy. Yeah, they spoiled, I believe, 16 of the 20 Mythics. It's actually been kind of interesting. I think this is this might actually be a really good set. Um, as much as like a really well designed that. set, is that what you mean? Yeah, like mechanically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the sagas, which were a hit in Dominaria, obviously. Not so much in Theros Beyond Death, but that set had other problems. Um. The, the sagas were great in Dominaria, and these are very, in my opinion, um, very, they, they feel more like the Dominaria sagas. Uh, maybe I just like the lore of the Viking stuff more than the Greek stuff. Maybe that's like the Nord in me, like the mm. in my blood. 
Yep. That to see the northern the, the lights. The snow in the, your veins. The runes, yeah. The, uh, whatever. The Viking ships. But it, uh, yeah, they look really cool. The whole set, the art obviously looks awesome because it's Viking stuff. There's, like, an island with the northern lights. It looks pretty dope, but there's snow. Snow is back as a mechanic. Obviously, we talked about that a little bit and how that could produce broken cards, potentially. Yeah, but at that point when we talked about that, we had only seen the one green counter uh, ferocious card. Now we're starting to see, like, how how in-depth snow is ingrained into the set there are a like there's, lot, yeah. there is a lot and uh i haven't seen anything like like totally insane yet but there's Me some neither. interesting things yeah and that's pretty cool and i think one of the things they might have done for balancing is if i understand it correctly there's snow duels and by that i mean uh fetchable come, snow enter the, fetchable enter the battlefield tap duel lands yep yeah i which think is, that go ahead Oh, I, I was just about to say, I think that that, like, hits their commander market that is going to sell some cards, but I don't think it's going to affect Legacy too much. I can't I can't see a reason why you would want to play these. I bet it'll affect Modern, though. You know, like, with uh, Ice Fang Coatl, at least. Okay, okay, sure. Because you're playing Shocklands already, you know. Like, a lot of times you're fetching end step, play it tapped, you can just fetch a Snow instead. Yep. No, that makes sense. I don't really see a spot for them in Legacy. Like, I was trying to, you know, how we do in the set review. Like, I try to come up with the corner case where it's better. Like, this, you know, in the sideboard of Soldier Stompy or whatever for Glass Casket. Like, yeah. these these weird scenarios. And I couldn't even come up with one for the Snow Duels. Which probably means that every deck will be playing them, right? Yeah, I mean, we but, could be very, very wrong about that. When I saw yeah. that, I thought, like, oh, okay. That's, that's fine. At least that's what I thought in my mind, so... Yeah, they they seem fine. And I think that that's how they're balancing the limited format rather than give you access to unlimited Snowlands is you have to spend these draft picks because there's some really overpowered stuff for limited particularly. Like I saw there's a like a uh, Mutavault kind of a land that's like a, I want to say a 4-3 indestructible vigilant land that costs yep. three to activate, but it's three snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it... It doesn't have indestructible as hexproof, so it's potentially you know would be like an insane bomb in limited, but you're not going to get the access to that much snow mana regularly. And then the other mechanic. So at first, when I first saw this, I thought it was a forecast, like Sky Hussar or whatever that card is called. Yep, it's, it's not. It's foretell. Yep. So you know about this mechanic? Yeah, you. Um, I think all foretell. I could be wrong, but the only ones that I saw have foretell two. Maybe they have different foretell costs. But you um, you basically spend two mana as a sorcery to exile them face down, and then you can play them later for the reduced cost. So it's kind of like a like a layaway mana plan for whatever spell you're casting. Yeah, it's sort of like um, what what's it called? Adventure, you know, like uh, Brazen Borrower or whatever. Yeah, but I thought. With- uh, I thought they get exiled face down. Do they get exiled face down? How would you confirm that it was a foretell? I think it's kind of like morph, where at the end you would just have to like reveal it. Maybe I need to I need to look at the card, but no, you're right, you're right, dude, you're right. I I missed that face down part. Everything like more more reasonable to play because a lot of the time, like you're you're not you're not just getting reduced mana cost, but you're letting your opponent know you have it. So. there, uh, there's a little bit of play with being able to put it face down at least, especially yeah. in limited. Yeah, uh, dude, I missed that entirely. That changes my evaluation a little. But anyway, it, it it is kind of interesting. It's sort of like we talked about with the Wishclaw Talisman, where it's like a, a layaway plan on mana. Mm-hmm. So the the effect might end up costing one mana more, but it's distributed over, you know, paying this much now and that much later. So. For example, the two of the cards that we're going to talk about, one of them is uh, Mystical Reflection, which was just spoiled today, which is choose uh, uh, one in a blue instant, choose target non-legendary creature. The next time one or more creatures or planeswalkers would enter the battlefield this turn, they enter the battlefield as copies of the chosen creature instead. Yeah. And it has foretell for a single blue. Yep. Um, I mean, like, it only triggers once. 
So it's not something that you can, like, go crazy with, like, put it on a young pyromancer and then every token becomes a young pyromancer. It just it just creates a copy of the first one that enters play, right? Yes, unless it's it could be simultaneous, like an empty the Warrens, for example. Not that this is a scenario that would come up because they're not going to play this in in TES, and it's not you know it's not going to have a target anyway. But you don't want to make their creatures bigger. I guess if you're playing a Cobalt, you could make them all zero ones. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I just I saw this and I was like, oh, I, I immediately thought about like Pyromancer and um, um, and Monastery Mentor, but you only get one copy. You could like I don't know, kind of do something tricky with like copying one of your opponent's good creatures if they're playing creatures. I just like I um I think it potentially could be a powerful card, but I don't see it right now, and I don't have a lot of vision with new cards getting spoiled like this. I just <laughs> yeah. um. I thought that when I initially read it, that it just made all your creatures that came into play that turn do that. And I was like, oh shit, Pyromancer, Mentor, maybe Elves wants to do something like this, where they can make a bunch <laughs> of tokens and have them all be copies of whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, but that's what that's what my thought process was as we sort of, sort of learned what the card did. Yeah. There's been like a weird obsession. I guess maybe this is like the Tom Hep effect where he's beaten everyone on Moto so many times that everybody just thinks about their depths matched up all the time now because everybody's like, oh, <laughs> okay. you know, blue, blue answer for Merit Lage or whatever. I don't know what you're going to make it a copy of, you know, like what deck's going to reliably have creatures that you don't want to give them. Mm-hmm. But you can't like target a. Uh, What's it called? Va- uh, vampire Hex Mage, because they can just sack it in response. Yep. So, yeah. I don't know. I guess this if you card... have, like, a flash creature, you could, yeah. like, have that foretold and make your, like, Ice Fang Coatl a, a, a Merit Lage. And... When they go oh. off. Right? Like, can't you... No, because you can't target a legendary creature. Oh, that's right. It just says not legendary. I was thinking yeah. if it was your opponent's legendary creature, you could do that. But they put that no. ability in so people wouldn't screw themselves over by doing doing something silly. Yeah. Yep. You're right. So yeah, that kind of sucks. But um, the other one is Raven Form, which is two in a blue sorcery. Exile target artifact or creature. Its controller creates a one-one blue bird creature token with flying. So sort of like Swan Song. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're giving them a, a flying token. It's only a one-one in this case. But, you know, a blue sorcery that says exit tar- target artifact is something that I'm pretty sure we've never had, right? I, I can't think of anything like that. I might be There might be something weird, uh, but, like, the blue being able to exile a creature or an artifact seems really, really, like, dunking on the color pie. It does, doesn't it? And so it foretells for a single blue, obviously. It, At least pay it's sorcery, two, right? And then pay a single blue to to sorcery get rid of a chalice or whatever yeah i i just i i think i think that that card in my mind is very not blue color pie and i'm sure that there's like modern design reasons why uh that that card exists um but even if there aren't marl just tell us to go fuck ourselves right right like it'll be on the next design uh that's clearly a blue card um, yeah. it's a it's a black black green flying uh blue answer <laughs> angel right? yeah enchantment enchantment creature removal so one card that's got some buzz it's actually the highest voted card on the the legacy subreddit for this set i don't know why it's uh vega the watcher which is a legendary bird spirit it's a two two for one blue white and it has flying and whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand draw a card I guess, I mean, I, I see why. It says draw a card on it. It's it's a recurring draw engine, so... But it's like yeah. a three-mana... It's a three-mana 2-2 two, two that has no protection. Right. It's a three-mana 2-2 two, two flyer, so it has evasion, but it has no protection with a two-butt. Mm. But, I mean, are you really, like, worried about this card, like, attacking? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's well, in there... Well, it's better than... A 2-2 two, two without flying is, is basically a zero in terms of, of the, how many cards it's worth, right? A 2-2 okay. with flying is at least trades with a Delver or something. Okay. 
Okay, I, I so guess I, I, I guess it's closer. I guess it's closer to being worth a card. It's still not worth a card, but it's closer to being worth a card. Yeah, I just I, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't see why you would want to play this when you could probably just play Arcanist and still have your mana base work, even if you were in some white blue shell. You could just splash red for Arcanist. Well, so I, I what I imagine is you're gonna have like you know four Arcanists maybe. Ancestral Vision is like the uh, the the way that I want to go with it is like you, you know you have your Ancestral Vision you have your Arcanists and you know you there's play a, this there's card. A new, there's a new Tibble you can cascade into. Shardless is back. Oh is that yeah. What saying? Dude, honestly, I played that when uh when War of the Spark first came out or Modern Horizons. I played that like uh, waterfall ish deck. Yep, the one bit. that had the cascading rhinos. Yep. Yep. Yeah, sort of like that, basically, where you play, you know, ponder on one, dreadhorde on two, and then play this on three, and flashback your ponder and get to draw an extra card off this. Uh, so you can get value immediately that way in your this dream scenario where your first three turns you're setting up to draw a card, basically, in this format where you can kill people on turn one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems pretty ridiculous, but I mean, dude, people play Uro, people play, you know, all these cards right now, the, the meta is in a place where incremental value engines are sort of the name of the game in some matchups. So I, I completely expect people to mess around with this card. I, I don't expect it to be good enough, but I do expect people to play it. Yep. No, I, I understand. I just don't know if I see it. So this is the card I was most excited to ask you about. Tybalt's Reckoning. Is this the actual Planeswalker or is this the, the... No, no. I'm sorry. Is it called Tybalt's Reckoning? No, it's called Tybalt's Trickery. It's one in a red for an instant. Counter target spell, period. Choose one, two, or three at random. Its controller mills that many cards, then exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card with a different name than that spell. They may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then they put the exiled cards on the bottom of their library in a random order. Okay. So it's kind of like a cat it's like a counter spell that cascades them for free. Yes. It's a counter spell that not doesn't cascade them, it's just like uh what's it called? Polymorphs them? Like Polymorphs they, they the basically spell? They could they could hit like a ten. You could counter a lightning bolt and they could hit a fucking polar crack and put that in play or whatever, you know. I mean, I would never, I would never ever want to cast this in a one-on-one legacy game. I would love so, to play this in commander, but casting it on your own spell as a polymorph would be like, can can you do that? Yeah. That that would be the only use that I would see for it. Yeah. So there's that aspect to it, like the the sort of shardless polymorph realm. Mm-hmm. But then there's also, and, and they, they give you that mill, mill one, two, or three cards, I think as a sort of a catch against that, like any sort of broken thing, especially in modern, I would say, like a Grishol brand bullshit that people might be setting up. Uh-huh. But what I'm thinking about this card is like, since you're the burn master and like a burn sideboard, this is a hard counter spell. I mean, it's... It does a whole bunch of other dumb shit that you don't want to see, but it is a hard counterspell, right? And it's not going to work against Storm, but it is, I mean, it's not going to work against a spell with Storm, I should say, but you could break someone up, like a combo deck. Like, how much does Burn want to break up uh, quicker combo decks? I mean, wouldn't you rather have, like a, uh, like a like, a punishing effect on two? Where they're taking damage from their from their combo turn spells, um, I don't yeah. know. Two, two minutes to hold up. I, I don't see that in burn, personally, um, but I'm sure that that's a powerful enough effect that people will try to break it with their own spells. I just um, I, I don't see it in burn. Yeah, I like I burn. Feel burn like... wasn't really playing like pyroblast in their sideboard. I mean, treasure no, cruise you're days, right. Tre- treasure cruise days they were, but like. They, that's not a card. Pyroblast isn't even a card they want. I don't think they would want that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. <sighs> like show and tell is obviously the matchup you think of first, but they're gonna they're gonna have 
excess counter spells anyway against you, you know. Like I feel yeah, like, like that's probably this against show and tell. And sometimes they just get to like yeah. <laughs> slam, slam their guy out of their deck. Yeah, that's that's true too. It's it's yeah. It's problematic, let's say. That's a good point actually. So yeah, um I'm disappointed that you're not all in on this card, but Yeah, I'm not. I'm sorry. It's all right, man. It's uh, it's slim pickings, I guess. So those are the only cards I pulled, but there is a deck I wanted to talk about. A deck that top aided last weekend's challenge. Okay, let me look. It was Koike, K-O-I-K-E, in seventh place with what's being called here Greater Gargadon Nickfit. Okay. I have to give a shout out to our boy Nate Golia for bringing this card to my attention, which is Jury Master of the Review. It's a legendary creature in this deck. It's black red for a 1 1 legendary human shaman. Whenever you sacrifice a permanent, put a plus one plus one counter on Jury. When Jury dies, deals damage equal to his power to any target. So we've seen Dreadbore. I know, Dread Horde Busher, I think it was called, that was a similar sort of card to this. It was like a two-mana red-black for a 1-1 haste that had the same ability, yep. but it got 1-1 one, one counters when it dealt damage to a player. Uh, this one I, I just read and dismissed immediately from, uh, from that set review. But Nate brought it to my attention, and I recommended that he play Gargadon in that deck, and he actually did, and... He, I don't know how well he did, but he had fun playing it, let's say. Yeah, every, he, like the last time I saw Gargadon was uh, like modern Dredge back in the day. But uh, that, uh, that... No, new... what's that deck called? Restore Balance, right? Oh, Restore Balance too. But yeah, the Dredge deck played um, played Gargadon to be able to use as a sack outlet, I think. Right, true, true. Yes, um, they did. You're right. Uh, but what was I going to say? So my, my buddy Brian, when we were drafting Commander Legends, actually drafted a deck that used um jury as his commander this past weekend oh. and um and he was throwing rocks with it and he was doing some some sort of fun stuff uh sweet i, I guess i like the access that gargadon is like an uncounterable sack outlet for all of your all of your explorers and things like that um and then eventually you just end up getting like a like a big fat creature with haste that you could swing with um yep. but uh I don't know if just getting those plus one plus one counters on jury is really enough synergy to make me want to like spend that many spots with a yeah. card like that. Right. Yeah. It seemed really strange to me, man, because I was like expecting to see four juries when I saw what this deck was doing, but there's only mm-hmm. one of them. So, you know, there is almost an incidental inclusion in the deck. You know, mm. it's not like you you really have like this tutor engine because you can't green sun for this card, and this is a four green sun deck. Yeah, so, I mean, like, uh, I guess I guess we're missing some interaction here. There's got to be there's got to be a little bit more interaction with these things than what we're seeing. <laughs> it maybe, could be, maybe not, maybe not though. But this this deck's also playing like you know Shriek Maw, Scavenging Ooze, Terror of the Peaks. Just it just generally looks like jundish stuff to me you know like mm-hmm. these powerful but you know powerful in like a draft or standard sense cards yeah i mean like know? it's like let's build the deck around sarkin and see how fast how how like how far we can push it yeah like the, there's like eternal witness in here just seen the kalidus trader of get and four plague engineers is obviously great but there's just a lot of cards in this deck like a lot of uh a lot of magic cards and i don't necessarily see any any synergy aside from what you you mentioned about greater gargadon i don't see any like uh absurd synergy or anything so i think it's really impressive to top eight the challenge with this deck i i agree with that i mean like they must have just got like a like a bunch of um uh i don't know Elves like a bunch of graveyard D&T. decks with the with the ley line in the sideboard i don't i don't know I don't know well, I mean, this deck, four Plague Engineers and six hard removal spells along with two Shriek Maws, you probably just slaughter decks like Elves or D&T or whatever, right? Okay, yeah, I can see that too. 
you're right. So if you play against like, you know, let's say you go like slivers and humans and elves, like that's three, you know, three of your rounds. And then maybe you lose to snow and combo and then you play D&T and then you play uh, Delver and there you are, right? Yeah, no, that makes sense. So yeah, congratulations. It was a interesting deck deck list to look at, like a lot of uh, a lot of head scratching going on. Yeah, but I, I dig it. You know, me too. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I actually do, but yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> so so yeah, that's what we have going on this week, man. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, talk about or? No, that I mean that was it for me. I uh, had that really exciting day yesterday on stream. And, uh, <laughs> I'm and gonna go that was pretty much it. Right yeah, so I um, I, I I stopped saving my VODs on Twitch because when you save your VODs on Twitch, if you play, like, good music or you play <laughs> copyrighted music, you get copyright strikes. And, like, uh, if you leave your VODs up, then Twitch the Twitch bots will, like, find you. Yep. Um, so I, I don't save my, well, I mean, like, I don't want to get, no, 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 I know it's true. It's just funny. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just how it works. So I I sounded very dystopian. That's all. I, I don't save my VODs so I can actually play good music in the background and then I'll, I'll record a hard copy on my computer and put it on YouTube. Oh, uh, I gotcha. YouTube will give like a copyright flag, but it just means that I can't get monetized with that video, which is fine. Everybody can still see it. Um, uh, and and since the music is coming from YouTube, then they never they never block out the sound. They just say, hey, like, um, he, you can't make any money from this video. Yeah, yeah. So. Cool. Well, then I guess I'm not going to watch it right after this. But I'll, I'll send you I'll send you the link. How about that? All right. Perfect. All right. So if people want to find you on Twitter, how can they do that? You can uh, find me at tsmileymtg. You can find me on Misreal, rating on Tuesday nights on uh, on Watts. On Watts, that's on Twitch if you're watching it live, or on YouTube if uh, if you. God, I'm what, such a what's the YouTube show. channel called? Oh no! So all my YouTube, I, I don't want my kids to find it. Okay. So all my YouTube videos are unlisted. So you got to hit me up for that. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can email the cast deadformatcast at gmail dot com. We're gonna do a mailbag episode next week, so. Uh, expect to see a lot of emails. Uh, you can find me on Parlor at oh, not no more Parlor. <laughs> no, you can find me on Twitter at Ian eighteen twenty five. I haven't gone on. I I don't have the app on my phone anymore. Thankfully, uh, life was too busy for me to be dicking around doom scrolling. But uh, did you? That's... Yeah, you saw that they um they they were able to like hack the Amazon uh, database or the Amazon workstation um, admin accounts for Parler and download all of the posts and personal information for everybody who was on it. I don't know if that's true. Is that true? It's true. Really? Yeah. Um, I didn't actually have an account. If it so the if... um the the story that was out was that when uh, everybody was talking about how they were dropping Parler, their email service um, dropped them, which meant no more email verification. So they were able to, like, infiltrate Parler and lock out the admins and then download everything that they had on their servers. Even I the don't backdoor, doubt like, it. license information and things like that from the verified users. What? Really? Yeah. Holy the shit. citizens or whatever they called them. Yeah. I don't um I don't doubt it because Parlor was such a fucking awful app. I don't know if you ever like visited it or whatever. No, I like, like there be there was one day where I was like I just want to see what people are saying, but I decided not to make an account cuz I didn't want to be associated with that. So when you go like you know, you follow a link or whatever, like go look at a post on Parlor and dude, the UI is fucking horrendous and i'm not even like a, a ui designer or something i'm not an artist i don't i don't bitch about the ui and websites or so i'm not brian cook you know like i'm, I'm not it's not something that i usually even notice right mm-hmm. like uh sometimes i'll say oh this site has a good ui or a bad ui but the 
the functionality was so erratic and like uh I've just I've wondered out loud quite a bit. Like, are they trying to make a bad site, or are they are they incompetent? Are they trying to make the site bad, or like, is this? Uh, I I don't even know, man. It was just it was so bad. It was like they they were honestly trying not to make it good. I understand. I thought maybe they were limited by like you know some sort of. Uh, what's the word intellectual property law where they didn't want to like step on Twitter's toes or something. Twitter had maybe some sort of patent that was over expansive and they were really hamstrung by that. I don't Mm -hmm. know, man. It was just horrible. It was just the worst. So I uh, don't, don't miss it, but yeah, that's a wrap.